When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, it's a new episode of Crushed. In, I was going to say in your mailbox. That's definitely not how this works. Um, if you're a regular listener or you follow me on Instagram or Twitter, which I recommend you do, Crushed by MCS, um, you'll know that uh, last week I tried to meet Ryan Reynolds and you'll be excited to hear that I did meet Ryan Reynolds. And um, what I can say about that is that if you pretend to be mad, after a while, you do go mad. Um, uh, thanks for all of your your comments and uh, attention. Obviously, that's all I want. Um, I think what we're going to do is when we do the live event, which is in a month's time when this goes out, the 15th of September at the London Podcast Festival, I'm going to do a full presentation, which is the sort of thing that the 15-year-old me would have been delighted to do, um, while also being quite ashamed about it. And um, I don't see that being any different. The other thing to say is that we're going to announce the the guests really soon. It's not Ryan Reynolds. It's no one to do with with Wrexham, I'm afraid. But um, they are fantastic guests, and I'm really excited about doing it. So please book tickets to that if you can, if you're around. If not, just keep listening, keep liking, keep liking me. <laughs> Subscribe, five stars those things I know I know I keep saying it and I get annoyed when I'm listening to podcasts and people say it but um it's kind of all we have <laughs> so please help us um yeah that's nice me isn't it not just me all of your podcasts that you like it only takes a second and it's just um it's just really really useful Thank you very much. Here is the second of our Edinburgh specials. This is the wonderful Tatty McLeod. My favourite thing about this episode is that I think she blushed three times that I could see on the screen. And that's always my favourite thing. It's become a kind of weird, um, you know, task that I set myself. Uh, so do listen to this. She's brilliant. See her if you're in Edinburgh and see you at the end. <laughs> Welcome to Crushed by Margaret Caborn Smith, a podcast about the vanity and insanity of unrequited love. My guest today is the hilarious comedy writer, performer, stand up, French lady on TikTok, Tatty McLeod. Hi, Tatty. <laughs> Thank you for that. I wish I'd had that when I was trying to put together a press release. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's too late now. Um, so, by the time this goes out, you will be about halfway through your Edinburgh run. How, let's pretend we know how it's going. Okay. Well, it's it's my first show. It's my first four-hour show. I've been to Edinburgh quite a few times before, so at least that bit's not new to me. But definitely coming up to Edinburgh and doing a one-hour show consistently every day is making me a better comedian. Um, but also, it's it's a lot. Yeah, it's, it's you know, it's yeah. um, stressful. Um, yeah. But audiences have been great. I mean, they've come, so that's fantastic. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so grateful to, to everyone who's bought a ticket. And yeah, hopefully at the end of it, I'll just have a better show than what I came up with. It would be really bad if I didn't. <laughs> I'd be very concerned <laughs> She's if I didn't. Really, have you heard about Tati McLeod? She's gone really downhill. Downhill after performing it every day for a month. Yeah. <laughs> so where are you on? 
I'm on at the Monkey Barrel, um, which is love it. yeah, I love that venue. It's I was best, very excited yeah. to get programmed with them this year, and um, the show is called Fugue, which no one can Fugue. pronounce. Oh my god, your well, your pronunciation is a lot sexier than most people's. I would say uh, because I would say Fugue. Which fugue really is good. Sounds... I've heard Fugue as well, <laughs> or Fig. Fugue. <laughs> I suppose Fugway is like if you're pronouncing it like the Segway. Yeah, it should be Fugway. It could be all of the ones. Um, did I consider these pronunciation mishaps when I first chose the name of the show? No. Would I choose a different name in hindsight? Maybe. Um, but yeah, Fug is is the name of the show, and it is um, it is about identity. It's about being a fish out of water. It's about my story of being an English woman in France and then a French woman in England, and sort of questioning a bit my identity, but also in general what it means to belong somewhere. Yeah, that sounds great. It sounds right up my street. Um, you do a great bit of stand-up about uh, English men not doing anything when they like the look of someone, like literally not looking at them, not talking to them, you know, going straight past to the bar. Yeah. Um, do you think that uh, English people and French people approach crushes in different ways? Um, good question. I mean, y- yes, yes. Actually, definitely, because I think that, first of all, I think that a French person probably going to be more likely to act on it. Mm. I feel like English people, because we are so emotionally repressed, I think you could harbour a, a deep crush. I mean, a, a life-altering, you're the love of my life crush, your entire life, if you're best friend, and never express it. I think yeah. English people are capable of that. I think a French person probably would get it out at some point <laughs> they're more likely I mean, to a, act on that's it that's a dangerous phrase they probably would get it out. <laughs> <laughs> they just flash you that's I'm the in way love. they express yeah exactly <laughs> um so i think so and also i think that the french people are uh they're, they're more romantic you know whether yeah. you sort of question the authenticity authenticity of it or whatever but definitely french people are not afraid to be romantic so um they're more accustomed to making big gestures of love right whereas in england so which, everything's very like low-key play it cool play it cool let's gonna yeah. play it cool play it cool in england yeah boring yeah it's <laughs> so exhausting like, you know it's a hard thing it is it I, I keep hearing about you know people revealing their crushes way way too late and it is kind of heartbreaking because every now and then it's sort of like, oh, yeah. Oh, I don't know if you, um, this is a really geeky thing, but on the Shaun, on Shaun of the Dead, um, what are they called? Director's commentary. Yeah. Uh, Penelope Wilson and Bill Nye basically confessed to each other that they used to fancy each other. Really? And it was very much a sort of, oh, darling, you should have said. Oh. <laughs> and now, obviously, it's too late. I'm not really that kind of a person. I think that I'm, really? I'm quite... Really? Do you tell people? Yeah, because I need to... Um, because, But I don't think it's out of romanticism that I would tell someone. It's out of, like, quite matter-of-fact... I mean, I say this. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to tell you about some crushes I had at uni, and I absolutely didn't say anything, but I had a crush <laughs> on a friend of mine. And we've been friends for a long time. And at some point, I just told him. Um, he'd just come out of a breakup, and I was like, well, you know, what about us? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> really enjoying your hand gestures. <laughs> <laughs> you know, at this sort of moment, I was like, well, this is going to sound crazy. But yeah, it's, it's Mitch... harsh to do it straight away. Yeah, but like that is, it's bold. He was, you just like, no, going, no, no, oh my God, I've been waiting for this. He's a serial monogamist. And I knew that mm. I had a window of like three weeks you before he was minutes. in a new relationship. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to have to dive into this. And uh, and he said, no, you know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. How did he say it? Yeah. He said, obviously, I really like you. We're really close friends. I think you're great, blah, blah, blah. But that's just not how I see you. And it was so liberating. I was like, great. I was like, great. <sighs> yeah. It's like, it's like this. draw a line over that. Tick that box. I was like, fine. Do you know what? I needed to hear that so I can yeah. put this to bed. So that's... Had you been pining for, for him for a long time? I wouldn't say that I was pining for him because I'm also quite an emotional pragmatist. Um, yeah. I can be, I mean, even though I want absolute romantic depth from anyone that I date, I'm very pragmatic. <laughs> I want you let, to be madly in love work. with me and I want me to choose. <laughs> 
That all sounds very healthy. <laughs> yeah, we're working through it with my therapist. Um, so, so no, I wouldn't say pining wouldn't be. No, pining wouldn't be. Wouldn't be. But the it had word. been a while. You'd been. Sort it, of it was. Well, I think it's always a difficult thing anyway when you're friends with someone because you have to yeah. sort of interrogate. Well, if we get on well, what's the difference between that step that takes it into a relationship that could work? You know. Especially when you, yeah. you're in long-term relationships with people and you end up sort of becoming friends. Like, it always comes back to the element of, how, well, how well do we get on? How much do we enjoy each other's yeah. company? So I think it could be that. But no, pining, I wouldn't say so. But, but I like that moment of saying to someone, well, I like you. And then if they say no, um, I think, great. It's as, if, it's as if it's a tick box on a list. And you could sort yeah. of go, all oh, right, okay, so, yeah, good. I've sent that email, right. What's next on the list of things yes, to do? Yes, exactly. I mean, that is really healthy, but it is, it's quite dangerous as well because, I mean, that, that sounds like he did quite a good job of rejection. I've always said, I think, I don't see you like that is pretty much the best thing, is the best way of putting it because it's it's really clear and it's not insulting, <laughs> you know, because it's not saying, I don't fancy you or whatever. Um, but have you ever had anyone, like if you've confessed it, have you had anyone that's, how can I put this, you know, done it badly, <laughs> rejected you in a, in a way that was uh, too painful? I don't think... When I think back to my worst rejections, like periods where it's been difficult, it hasn't been... Mm. With crushes, it's been like dating someone and then being ghosted or really, really liking someone and getting enthralled into something and then them just completely blanking you. I yeah. think with crushes, I don't know. It's like funny with crushes, isn't it? Because and I was thinking about this before we had this chat where I was like, what's the difference between like a crush and like fancying someone? And how have they been different when I've, like when I think back on it? So it's, yeah. it's like, when have I ever felt a crush has felt realistic? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, no, absolutely. Because there's something about a crush. That isn't, if it's a realistic thing, then in a way that's not a crush. Okay. You know, that's a kind of, oh, this is chemistry and this is, this might become something. It, yeah, right. Rather than accepting this is, you know, this is on a Hollywood star or a boy that I, you know, or girl who consider, I consider so out of my league you know, that they wouldn't touch me and I just have to accept exactly. I'm feeling this. Like this is, yeah. this is going to go, this is going to go nowhere, nowhere sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, so, so I think that's, that's an interesting one because when I think back on it, I think, well, how many crushes have I really had? And also, if I'm being completely honest, I can be quite, um, uh, what's, suspicious of crushes. Of I, other people's crushes? No, or of I, own. of my own. It's a bit like... Really? It, it, oh, that's, that is healthy as well, I think. <laughs> because I think to myself, sometimes if I've got a crush on someone, it will be because they're very sexy or they're very good looking or they're very charismatic. And I think, well, you're probably just going to be a fuck boy then and I shouldn't go out with you. So I will immediately just be like, yes, well, yes, you have got a crush on him, but he's completely the wrong person for you. So we're going to have to bury that. We're going to have to bury that. <laughs> Um, so, yeah. That's great. Were you, have you always been like that? Have you always understood that... Uh, I mean, actually, is it unfair on good-looking people to suggest, that, uh, <laughs> to suggest that they definitely would fuck you around? Yeah, I think it is. And also, I think it's then just approaching a relationship super pragmatically and always thinking, well, I, emotionally, I feel very drawn toward this person, but, you know, that's all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> on paper who is an appropriate partner for me and yeah you know um but that's like a control thing I think you right know. so um can you remember uh an early crush like one where presumably I mean the, the earliest crushes tend to be the most unattainable because they tend to be you know children on yeah adults or I, cartoons I, or I think something. I've always fancied lots of different boys all the time mm. um definitely <laughs> I was a pre also it existed very much in like a daydreamy headspace. Yes. And one of my favourite daydreams was daydreaming about boys or daydreaming about someone liking me or some, you know, I mean, even still now, I love to have a crush. I love to have something ongoing with someone that I like, yeah. even if they don't know who the fuck I am. <laughs> I just like... <laughs> and how does it manifest itself? Are you writing dialogue in your head? Are you imagining <laughs> weddings? You're, Are you... you're going into <laughs> my inner brain. <laughs> Do you know what? Listen, join the club. I mean, I'm, you know, I absolutely hold my hands up. It's just so embarrassing. Do it all the time. It will be anything, but usually 
it'll be an environment in which I'm impressing them. Oh, this is brilliant. Yeah. I love this. You know, maybe like I can sing really well. Yeah. <laughs> so are they in the audience or are they on stage with you? No, it'll have to be something really like surprising. Like maybe we're at a party and there happens to be a piano. And next thing I know, I could play the piano. <laughs> I really love this. I mean, sometimes it's... <laughs> well, why not? Sometimes it's worse than that. Sometimes it's like, I can ride a horse. I mean, I... <laughs> if you can do both together, that's the dream. And if you're this... riding a piano on a horse... And serious, and who's... That is what people find hot. Is that... And who's ever seen a woman riding a piano on a horse and thought, I did fancy her before, <gasps> but I fancy her now. She can ride a horse and play the piano. Give me her number. No, so yeah, so I definitely... I don't know, I might start asking people yeah. whether, that's, whether that might be attractive. Isn't that what people Because you're do. right, those are both impressive things. Yes, thank you. Um, I think people do that, right? Where they're like, oh, in, in this fantasy, suddenly I'm, I'm amazing, or I have the special yes. talent. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, impressive. Yeah. I'm impressive. Yeah. God, I mean, who knows, maybe that's why I became a stand-up comedian, to sort of, like, <laughs> be, be impressive. More and more. Yeah, something. yeah, yeah. Wrong career choice. Don't, don't do it to be impressive. <laughs> Nothing impressive about um, traipsing up to Huddersfield on a Tuesday night to perform in front of 10 people, but, you know. For £20. The dream lives on. Um, and get the train home. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, yeah, so my first, my first crush is, well, I, I, yeah, like I said, when I was younger, lots of different sorts of crushes. But, you know, it was always a bit weird, I suppose, because we were uh, English and we were sort of like a bit the odd girls because we were the English girls. And even though we spoke French and stuff, oh, we were never really, I wouldn't say we weren't fanciable, but we definitely weren't like, we were just odd. We were very much like the odds, right, okay. odd girls because we were different because we were English. And I don't know if you know this, but French people... They don't, they don't love the English. <laughs> the English are not. <laughs> yeah, they don't hold that same, uh, yeah, sexy, um, mysterious thing that the French do. For Definitely us. not. They don't feel about us the way that we feel about them. Do they really call you uh, roast beefs? You know, funny enough, they I really use that. No, I wouldn't say that they do. And it's mm -hmm. interesting because I think that I talk a bit about this on my show. I've got a joke about about how we do ins insult each other differently. So English people were much more likely to call me a frog when I moved to England than you would get called a roast beef in France. Mm -hmm. But the way the French would insult you is just more subtle. So, for example, if I would say to a French person, I'm actually English, they would say, um, yeah, you can tell. <laughs> yeah, that's so insulting. It's not roast beef. <laughs> But that's their way of saying. Worse, I, yeah. It's, well, is it you look worse? English? Yeah, you look English. You look English. Mm, yeah, mm. there's something about the way you hold yourself. Yes, the way you dress. English. I really disappointed a barman last night because he interesting. Um, well, he asked me what my perfume was. Uh -huh. when I my drinks, and I it was Chanel. So I said that, but I didn't say it in that accent. But then he said, "Where are you from?" And I said, well, "I'm I'm English. I'm from." London and he said uh, and he looked a bit sad and he said oh you, you're giving me French he, and it was definitely a now you can go back to your seat <laughs> but also that sounds very flirtatious it was a bit it was flirtatious, a bit flirtatious. Yeah. oh what fun and don't get me wrong I love it love every I'm second a, of it I'm a middle-aged woman <laughs> if a youngish barman wants to flirt with me it's fine even if they do ultimately reject me quite quickly crush your <laughs> for soul not being the for not being the yeah, correct fine yeah <laughs> Um, yes, it is funny that in England, when you say to someone, I, I had this recently, I met um, a friend of mine's girlfriend, and I said to her, where, where are you from? And she was like, I'm from like Suffolk or something. And I said, really? And I said, you're not European? And she said, no, no, no. I said, oh, I'm surprised. I said, because you, you, look, you look very European. And she blushed. And she, <laughs> and she just like could barely conceal a smile. It was just like... <laughs> And her boyfriend was like, oh, my God, she's going to love that. And I just thought, isn't it so funny? Isn't it so funny? how? Yeah. We... Also, it's just such a vague compliment. It's like, you know, one of 44 countries. You look yeah. like, but it's like anything but not English. So, yes, what... exactly. Anything. But why do but we do here, that to it's ourselves? Not, yeah. It's also, you know, I sort of talk about how the French, yeah, they're stormy about the English, but also English people are so good at pedestaling everyone else. 
yes yeah yeah <laughs> feeling terrible about themselves um so are you saying that that people were put off you because of your Englishness. I, yes, I definitely feel like I was, uh, I suppose, a late, a late bloomer, and mm. I felt that the reaction I was getting um, when I went to university was very different to how I felt I was being reacted to when I was growing up. So, um, you went to university in, in England, France, or in England, in England yeah. right? I went to Sussex okay. University, and presumably immediately become a lot hotter being. French in England, yeah, in Sussex. Let's be honest, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It was it. it I, I, yeah, I just, I just, I just remember. But you know, you can't really quantify. Like, you don't know why people do or don't. Like, I don't think I changed at all. But I think I remember. I, I just do remember suddenly feeling a little bit more seen and a bit more, yeah, fancied by by people. Um, yeah, which which was nice. And I had a huge crush at university. On a guy in the library. Oh, this is perfect. Yeah, and library that's, guys. That's about I mean, as far as I can get with it. Best. <laughs> he was called Library Boy. You, do, you know, it's called yeah, Library Boy. Yeah. Or sometimes Wolfman because he had big bushy eyebrows and very light blue Ooh. eyes. And and he and, and I was in law at uni and I think he might have done all, but we know nothing about him. I don't really know his name. But I remember just being like, yeah, like obsessed with him. Like he was this real... <laughs> Um, go to like my friends would be like how's library boy I was like good so today he just like did a lot of reading I saw him like wondering like <laughs> yeah he's spies so he had like a bacon sandwich for lunch um <laughs> there was a bit of eye contact around 4 p.m but then I panicked and I went back to my work amazing so oh, your gosh. friends are really encouraging this this fantasy world how much is he noticing you absolutely non-existent to him <laughs> ah. he, listen he might have been short-sighted though or maybe his eyebrows were covering, yeah he was short-sighted because you know. we could be married now <laughs> to think yes. about the future um absolutely nothing i didn't even hear his voice do you know i haven't oh wow well, I, that might have really put you off it would have done i've got a real thing about voices in fact yeah. if i'm feeling a bit lazy around dating and I've met someone on an app, I get them to send me a voice note, which is a quick way for me to establish whether or not I'm going to fancy them. Oh, amazing. Mm -mm. So voices really can make a shift on things. But I had this real crush on him, and I remember trying to think about different ways in which I could reveal to him that I fancy... How amazing you were. No. Because you can't get a horse or a piano in a library. That's the trouble. <laughs> I can't do it. How was I going to impress him? Well, you know, I did lots of things to impress him. You know, I was president of the Basing Society... You know, all of these So listen, did you see him outside <laughs> sexy? Um, outside of the library? No. He wasn't I, just in the library? No, just in the library. He, and wow, he was there okay. all the time. Well, how would he know about the debating society then? Are you leaving him notes? I think I might have spoken about it very loudly on the phone. <laughs> listen, if he loves the library, he's going to be put off a woman who's chatting on the phone loudly. That's true. There. That's true. <laughs> this is why it didn't work out. I um, I did consider, you know, I did, I did... Because I find it, I don't know how you find it, but if ever you're like even in an environment like you're on the tube or something and maybe there is someone quite looking opposite you or in a bar or on the street and they make eye contact, I cannot, I cannot deal with it. <laughs> I can't. It doesn't matter how attractive I find that person. The idea what of some... What do you mean? Well, first of all, I blush. So I've, yeah. I, I go bright red. I always have done my whole life and I find it cripplingly embarrassing. Right. You don't think boys like that? I think boys might like that. I hate it. I don't like, I hate okay. it. I go burgundy, like the whole way up, especially my chest, this bit will go completely bright red. And I just feel like if I'm on the tube and there's someone good looking sat opposite and maybe he looks at me, I, ha I even if I really fancy him, I have to look at the floor because the next step would be that maybe they're going to talk to me and then people around us will hear this interaction <laughs> that's just started and they'll know that we don't know each other and that maybe we're flirting. And there's something about that that makes me want to claw at my own skin. I just can't. I just That's absolutely so, cannot. Yeah. I mean, you're being very English yeah. there, aren't you? You're being, you know, that is, I'm sure in France, they would strike up a conversation with, you know, people they find attractive all the time. All the time. It's, you can't, you can't do it. Well, it's when I'm, if someone talks to me, I don't find it awkward to talk back to them. You know, sometimes you're conf yeah. you know you have to sort of rise over it. But I couldn't keep eye contact with someone that I find attractive <laughs> in a public space. 
And I've realized this <laughs> I've gotten older because I think to myself, well, you know, I'm single. I'm not on the dating apps. How are you going to meet someone? Yeah, you need to, you sort of need to be able to make eye contact. At least let them know that you fancy them. Yeah. Like, let them know that, like, you're open to the possibility of them speaking to you. But I, I don't. I sort of look at the floor and then I go, oh, they were really hot. <laughs> oh, no. I'm just going to have to remember that later. Um, I, I think uh, libraries are full of that sort of repressed... Uh, fancying. I remember the graffiti in the library at my university was the filthiest I've ever seen anywhere. In in the toilets, it was, there was a lot of stuff coming out there. And I think it is, it's part of like this sort of hushed atmosphere, apart from you making your loud conversations about Um, um, having debates (laughs) on the phone. Um, Yeah, it it caused the absolute, I mean, you should have seen it. I should have, if I'd, yeah, if we'd had video phones then I would have taken pictures yeah I think it is from that sense of it being repressed and also just the late nightness of it like you remember you do like you were in a late night library I mean I don't I mean I was there I mean I was there all all the time staring at him but I I think that there's but you know you would do that you do like the cramming before an exam so you just find yourself at two o'clock in the morning in like a library and I yeah I think you know all of that kind of also when you've got work to do it's so easy to distract yourself with anything yeah yeah a crush in that space and getting horny oh. is also just yeah. a really big form of procrastination so like, how can <laughs> i not do work right now masturbate do you know I mean? yeah. just... and write about it in the toilets exactly um so how long did that go on for oh. not the masturbating the, um... i think <laughs> not stopped um <laughs> I guess until he left. So I think he was must have been in the year above me. So yeah, a good two or three years at uni. I thought about um, th- like, you know, r- r- writing a note. I, sometimes I got really close. Yes. You know, writing a note or like throwing a pen towards him with like a little note in the lid of the pen. <gasps> you know, I just yeah. thought, I think I might have even what done that. What would it have said? I don't, like, uh, um, I'm the girl with, with glasses and... Um, who speaks loud on the phone about being part of the debate in society. You might have seen me on a horse, playing the piano, um, sing, sing a good looking, so you want to go for a drink. Um, but but no, I never, I never got, I never got around to it. And why do you think that is? I mean, I, I sort of know why that is. You know, as you say, it's a, it was a, pro, a procrastination tool. It was nice to have the, the fantasy. If you are going to, you know, if, if that's going to happen, the likelihood of it actually being anything. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if <clears throat> it turns out he's got a really squeaky voice. Possibly or, all of that. And sometimes it's nicer to keep someone as the fantasy. Exactly. Yeah. Because there's no guarantee that he had a decent personality. No, there's uh, no guarantee. Hot libraries are. Yeah, exactly. And like, why we're in the fantasy. But I think it's also just because um, I, I built it up too much. Yeah. And I was just, I was just not even terrified about the rejection, though definitely more then than I would be now. Um, I think I just didn't have like, uh, like uh, confidence maybe isn't quite the right word, but the, the gusto. Because I, I remember there was a guy once I was, um, when I was living in Brighton and I was going into Union, we'd, we'd get the bus from the same area, every, like the same bus stop every day. Um, I didn't you know, have a crush on him. So for me, he was just this guy sort of at the same bus stop. <laughs> you recognised him. Yeah. recognised him, right? And then one day I was sat there and I was reading a book and um, and he came over to me and I remember he said to me, what are you reading? And it was at this little moment I was like, oh, <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> he's talking to me. And in my mind I was like, okay, m- maybe this is flirting? Um, and I replied to him and then he just went, great. And the conversation stopped and I thought, oh, well, that's a God. shame because I suppose what happens is that you've got yourself the confidence to like talk to me. To so do the first bit. And then yeah. afterwards it was like, it just all went, it was like this inflation and it just went, and that would make me oh nervous with Library Boy. Yeah. Well, I'd get the confidence to say something and then I'd be like, oh, I haven't written the rest of this dialogue. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I've only got this far in my head. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So you didn't fancy him, the busboy. No. But um, do you think you could have done? Like if he'd, if he'd have had something interesting to ask about your book or, yeah. you know, had even said, do you want to go for a drink? I know this is mad, but do you want to go for a drink? What do you think your reaction would have been? I'm always coming from a place of yes, to a fault sometimes. Oh, that's so great. No, no, no. That's so great. I don't think it is. And should be encouraging really? to people listening to this. Yeah, approach people. Oh, yes, from that perspective. You know? yeah, 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 yeah. No, I had no problem with it. I was just walking through London on last, not last night, the night before. And um, sorry, no, we're in Edinburgh. But the other day, I was... <laughs> Weeks ago now, weeks when ago I was now, in London. I, yeah. I, I was walking through London and um, I just bought myself uh, an ice cream, uh, favourite thing to do. And um, it must have been like half ten or something. And this guy, just, just as I was walking down the street, he just started chatting to me. Now, you know, it's, it's an interesting one to navigate because you've got the kind of men who are not respectful of your personal space and they get chatting to you and it feels quite invasive or quite aggressive and it's really unpleasant. And you kind yeah. of feel like, do you know what? Like, I don't want to talk to you. And it's clear I don't want to talk to you. Or I'm sat here reading my book and I'm not interested. And then you get sometimes people you think, well, you know, yeah, I'm interested in having a chat, whether it's sexual or non-sexual, whether mm. it's someone of the same gender or someone you would fancy or wouldn't fancy, like whatever. And then you get people where you think, well, you are quite good looking, but I'm not sure. And maybe I'm going to entertain this conversation until I know sort of like where I stand where, where I stand yeah, on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. And that Gave I feel it. much more comfortable with now in a way that I didn't when I was younger. So when this yeah. guy started chatting to me, we had a quick chat. We sort of like walked down the road and I was chatting back and it was clear to me that like actually I wasn't that that interested in this person. And so I said, oh, it's been really lovely chatting. Like my bike's over this way, so I want to pop over here, but like have a lovely rest of your evening. And uh, and it was really lovely. Yeah, and it's so it's so nice to remember that that, can happen totally you know the end of that story was not him turning on you no and and calling you a bitch no no not 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 at all he was he was he was a really nice guy like there was just no chemistry but but he he was very lovely so I do definitely I've had those interactions as well so I do think there's something and the last guy that I dated was someone that I met in a bar who came up to me doing really well because I have a friend um, a male friend who was talking to a slightly younger woman um, and she and saying, well, we didn't used to have the apps. We didn't have the apps. And she said, well, how do you meet people? And said, well, you just go up to someone in a bar. And she was so disgusted. <laughs> she was really like, you did what? And she thought it was a really like gross. He was like, no, that's what that's what everyone did. I promise, I wasn't some pervy old oh my man. God, no. She just couldn't believe that anyone would go up to someone in a bar. No, I think it's well, I quite like it. It's a really quick <laughs> way. working for you. It's a really quick way to establish if you've got chemistry with someone. I mean, yeah. and but then when I say I'm a, I come from a place of yes, yeah, I feel like also if I'm honest, I think that I definitely have a bit of extra respect is too strong a word, but I like feel like I find it attractive someone who's also got the confidence to do that. Yeah. And he was a bit, it feels a bit go-guessery to be like, do you know what? I saw you over there. I just wanted to come over and say hi. Or like, can I buy you a drink? Or, And, you know, I think there's something quite attractive about that. So I'm probably already more likely to give you a little, you know, some sort of, yeah, okay, let's explore this. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Um, so you sound to me like someone who isn't going in for crushes so much these days. If you're very sort of active and yesy, <laughs> you're not pining for people. You are, you know, uh, do you approach people in bars? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> wow. The hypocrisy. <laughs> Absolutely not. Am I a loser? Fuck no. Cringe. Uh, no, I can't. I can't. We've already established my trouble with eye contact. I can't do it. I can't do it. Yeah. I, I get really awkward and very English about it. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. But so I do, do you, I do have crushes. Yeah, go on then. Tell us about... I'm not going to tell you about my crush. What? Well, you have to. Oh, no. you've got... So there's just one at the moment. Is that what you're saying? There's one... Or is there, is there a range? There's one proper crush. That, yeah, there's ranges. There's one proper yeah. crush of someone who I know, who's in my ether. And, this is exciting. 
and they might be listening. <laughs> Maybe you're already together with them by this point. <laughs> <laughs> and and then I've got obviously a celebrity crush. Yeah, we've all, well, got you a can, all right. Why don't you tell tell me about the celebrity crush then? Okay, so you know what's happened now? Okay, so I'm 34 and I feel a bit embarrassed because I think I'm getting to that age where I'm starting to fancy people younger than me. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here to give you the blessing. Yeah, <laughs> so, you know, but that started to happen. Join I'm just a bit like, oh, oh, no, maybe <laughs> to him it's like I'm not. But I have a big crush on a Formula One driver called Carlos Sainz. <laughs> Do you think I was going to say something really obvious, like Thor? Yeah. <laughs> Harry Styles. Harry, oh, uh, no. No, no, Carlos Sainz. And Thor, someone obvious like Thor. <laughs> <laughs> we all fancy Thor, right? Carlos Sainz, he's... Um, yeah, Thor is mythical, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Fine. He could be whatever we want him to be. Um, yeah, it's, uh, Carlos Sainz is a Formula One driver, and... Um, I mean, he's an Adonis. I think that's the best way to describe him. It's as if he's, like, been carved in the image of what we would have all, like, this real kind of, like, um, godlike figure. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> no, love it. Carved god. I just, my type is carved god. What can I tell you? It's not at all, actually. The type of guy I go for <laughs> in real life is I feel like I'm blushing. Can you see I'm blushing? A little bit, yeah. Uh, it happens a lot, don't worry about it. Carlos. 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 is with me. <laughs> He's Spanish, that was what that voice was. Um, I, I, the type I go for in real life is very kind of nerdy. I like, I, I like, I would describe my type as I'm studying at Princeton and I got hot late in life, but I don't know. So it doesn't exist. Oh, yeah. But that's the type. Sure. Yeah, yeah. It sort of exists in fiction. Exactly. Yeah, like Thor. Glasses, kind of like maybe like a... a preppy. Preppy looking, bit of a woolly yeah. jumper. Someone who's like, yeah, a, a nerdy type. Uh, yeah, that's that's kind of my, my vibe. Ripped nerd. Ripped nerd, exactly. Have you been doing climbing and rowing and whatever for the last 15 years? Are you six foot five? Do you also happen to, yeah, you know, to, yeah, yeah, that's my, that's my, that's my type. And when you think about Carlos, yes, um, do you imagine a life with him? Wait, let me because close I my eyes. imagine going out with a Formula One guy, <laughs> you'd be, <laughs> she is closing her eyes. Yeah, Listeners. so me, my life. Yeah, what are you? No, how's no, it going? not at no? all. Not Standing at with all. him at the podium? Absolutely not. Oh my God, I would never actually go, go out with a Formula One driver. No. No, it sounds quite stressful. Nightmare lifestyle, you're moving around yeah. all over the place. I mean, it's bad enough as a comedian, but, you know, you're in Bahrain one week, you're in... Huddersfield the next. Huddersfield, yeah, famously, yeah. that circuit. Um, <laughs> oh, yes, for the gigs. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, there's, a, there's Formula One in Huddersfield. <laughs> no, 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 and it's not even... It's not, it, it's not, actually, like, I wouldn't want anything. Do, do you know what I mean? It's not even yeah. like I would sleep with him if I met him in real life. It's just to look at. The aesthetic. And to sort of be like, of... oh, he's so good looking. Oh, isn't he gorgeous? It's more, that's the level of that crush, you know? Yeah. No, I love it. I love, um, I, I, I love it when you're sort of just drawn to get, just saying out loud every now and, now and then, hot. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Oh. Oh, yeah. also, yeah. I, oh my god, so fit! I follow his <laughs> fan pages on TikTok. Of course you do. What's the point of social exactly. media? Exactly. Don't have that. And it's just me and a load of other girls, and um, and cut and and they cut together videos of Carlos in like the pits of Formula One, like taking off his helmet. <laughs> Everything gets cut together slow mo, and he's become a bit viral because they put it to the song "Smooth Operator." <laughs> and it's just him like very slowly walking out onto the pit lane and sort of like unzipping his top and it's just me and a load yeah, of girls that's... in the comments like am I anything a <laughs> a lot of flames uh, yes in the, yeah. in the comments yeah, yeah. Uh, and what's his voice like Spanish so this so, yes but that listen that can be a range of that can be squeaky too no, it's sex. It's it's no. it's um it's they it's generally do deep better. and uh, and sexy and yeah, he's he's very he's very sexy. He's also sexy because he he's got it's not he isn't chiselled perfection. I mean he, mm -hmm. he is, but it's also uh, don't know. It's just he's like, not the like a cartoon. The yeah, the balance of it. Like for example, I've never really fancied Brad Pitt. 
No, same. Yeah, I have to say, I appreciate, you know, in Thelma and Louise, I appreciate that's that that's the was only a kind one. Of, Whoa, okay. That's the only yeah. one. And that was his job in that film. Exactly. To, to just be, be unbelievably, like, you know, exactly. you couldn't help but throw yourself at it. But it's all a bit too much. But I do really fancy Alexander Skarsgård. Right, yes. And I suppose he is yeah. also perfect. But, but yeah. Perfect in a different way. It's not, it's not always necessarily that because the, uh, the features and the angles and the proportions are perfect that you're necessarily going to find have, have a crush on someone or find someone really good looking. No, and I do, I mean, I think this is why this subject is endlessly interesting is because as much as people have types, and they really do, mm. and some people are mm. a bit weird about it, I don't think anyone could say, and I always, always go for that type yeah. because everyone will suddenly have a sort of like, apart from the time I woke up in the middle of the night thinking about, you know, this children's tv presenter or just someone who has none of the things that you usually yeah. think that is okay but just because of the way Sorry. they did something that's all right the way they sneezed for example exactly or you know <laughs> the way they were like you saw them gardening once and it was totally unexpected and suddenly you were you were drawn to them yeah yeah it's just uh it's not a kind of nope nope my loins are staying <laughs> closed stay? Open. St- closed and still <laughs> stop my throbbing loins be still oh it's all they've all shut down yeah um but so so in real but your real life and your celebrity crushes they sound like they're a bit i was gonna say all over the place great you know, thank there, you yeah <laughs> I couldn't mean that in a in a better way. Yeah. I feel like it's it just means. <laughs> and also, I really like the way that you say you you lean towards yes, because actually, I think sometimes the strongest crushes are the ones that you didn't begin. You know, when you first saw them. I remember when I was in because I was in a, I went to an all girls school. Uh-huh. Uh, but there were boys in the sixth form and there'd be sometimes, you know, we'd hear about boys that didn't go to our school, but, you know, were nearby and be like, oh, that person, you know, that name. I keep hearing. I wonder if I'm going to fancy them. And that was al- al- always what I was thinking about. <laughs> I might fancy them. I might fancy them. And then you'd meet them and be like, oh, well, no, I don't fancy them. But then you'd grow to fancy them, getting to know them. And mm-hmm. I feel like that was almost stronger than that immediate thing oh 100 percent. do you ever have that yeah yeah and i would say probably i mean forget crashes it's like in relationships and everything i've always that's been more the approach probably that i've ended up taking and rewarded um because actually it's interesting how quickly you can find someone very attractive from afar and it takes you one conversation with that person to be like no yeah, you know, and that can happen so quickly. So whether it's just, I don't know, that person's uh, hasn't got the same sense of humour as you, or um, they're not interested in the same things, or they're not at all curious, and it's so quick, it's so quick. Someone can be absolutely beautiful, and you have one conversation with them, and you're like, oh, okay, well that's that's done. Oh, that's disappointing. That's in the bin. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then there are other people. A funny crush of mine, um, Steve Coogan. Oh no! I hear you. But in I, but yeah. in the trip, yeah. And yeah. in the trip, he plays someone really toxic. Well, really toxic. You know, it's not someone. He's like a match. Do you know what I mean? He's like this depressed, retired comedian. I mean, maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe he's in real life, but he he plays this person in the trip, and you come out of it and you go, well, why would I? Why would I? Why do I think that I would fancy if I was on that trip? Would I probably fly? You know, I'd have a little flirt with him. He's like, why? Why would I do that? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how much analysis it it takes, really. um, Because, yeah, what I do enjoy, and sometimes it is a good cure for crushes, is thinking, you know, about about Carlos's lifestyle or, you know, actually being in the car with Steve Coogan and sort of getting getting annoyed with him, (laughs) you know. It is good good to go, well, let's think about the reality here and not just... But don't you think that would ruin every crush if you go right now? Imagine yourself 20 (laughs) years into a relationship, three kids, you're on your way down to Spain, the aircon's not working, the kids are sat in the back, two of them have just vomited, the other one shat himself. How (laughs) would I feel about my crush then? How sexy is my (laughs) partner? Yeah, well, I suppose the point is they, whatever happens, they're not a crush 
anymore. Yes. You know, and eventually it's just like you're lucky if you like them at all. <laughs> yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think those are the ones, those are the relationships that sustain each other where you don't, where you still like each other. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you don't necessarily get the the thrill mm-hmm. because you're literally seeing them all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, do you know what? I think there is, um, there's something interesting <coughs> in, in the fact that you can never 100% know anyone you know, so you can always, they're not what you've pictured. They can still surprise you, I suppose. I mean, I actually think that's the good thing about being people who are funny is that they can catch you off guard with something, with some nonsense. Mm. And you get to go, oh, oh, that was, uh, I don't know if I'm making any sense. No, I do. I think it's. But then I also see that sort of sometimes, <laughs> God, is this going to sound terrible? Um Sometimes, like, part of what you can find attractive in someone is how they make you feel. Oh, yeah. So it's like... (laughs) No, we all have to admit that. (laughs) It's not really about you. It's about how you're making me feel. I fancy you based on how much you make me fancy myself. Oh, my God. I think that's really true. You know, it's like when people think about, you know, like, for example, the thrill of having sex with someone for the first time. What is it really about that moment... Is it really about the discovery of them and their body or is it about the feeling of them discovering you and I your body? Am irresistible. And it's and that's the what more, I am. Yeah, but it's like make me feel that way and I'll yeah. feel great and then we'll have great sex. But it's it's that moment of like what 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 I really actually part of what I really enjoy is feeling like you are enjoying me or you think I look great or you think I look sexy and that empowers me and and so I think that in a relationship, especially in a long-term kind of way, which is why it sort of goes back to being romantic and having to do a little... And I think it works both ways. You know, I am a yeah. very romantic person in relationships. Um, so I'm always doing little things for my partners and stuff and making them feel special, which I think is really what it's about. But I think if someone... Are you feeling like you have to say this now because you, you're sounding like a... Yeah, <laughs> like, like an absolute a, nightmare. Like an narcissist, <laughs> Yeah, you absolutely. don't. You really don't. I have to say. Well, it is. I think if I can acknowledge <laughs> it, and that's one step away from being a narcissist, maybe, huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> totally. No, and it sounds like yeah, it sounds like you would be a good partner in a in a <laughs> say relationship. That with more but conviction. you do. <laughs> no, I was trying to think. Does partner? There's something about the word partner that yeah. depresses me. Um, but that's absolutely what it is. Yeah, you you want to make them feel special, but you want them to make you feel special as well. The mm, last thing you mm. want is, is to feel like you're just a fly buzzing around them and they are putting up with you. Sometimes. Yeah. But it's funny then, isn't it? Because it kind of, it can feel sometimes like the, the way, I guess, it, I mean, I'm just projecting because I've not been in a relationship that's lasted more than three years, but there's something interesting where I guess we think that the relationship will work based on how much I am looking after myself or how I'm looking or you can be quite focused on yourself but actually it's more about how you're making the other person feel doesn't matter what you're looking like and where you're at but if you're making the other person feel special and valued and seen and beautiful and attractive then you just by virtue of doing those actions towards them making yourself look wonderful and, and, and fantastic to the other person so I think that's a little bit of a trick isn't it yeah, for sure. And and actually we all know how good it how good it feels to make someone else feel good. Mm. You know, that sort of altruism is is one of the the it's not narcissistic, but you know, you but, might as well accept that when you do something good for someone else, it does make you feel like, "Hey, hey, look at me. I'm being a good person." Exactly. <laughs> you see, I'm now revealing too much about myself. And that's why I give to charity, you know, it's all about me. <laughs> I'm just about to go on a protest straight after this. So So, Tati, I should do the maths. I'm not sure if you're aware of the maths because I'm not sure if it reached France. Okay. Uh, But it's a special test to find out how compatible you are with your biggest crush. And it's based on the letters in your name. Oh, my God. Yeah. So you are about to find out. If Carlos Sainz is the love of my life. Yeah. Great. So we're going Carlos Sainz. Is it S-I-N-E-S? S-A-I-N-Z. Oh, Okay. 
You're going to have to Google him yes, after this. I, I, I'm, don't, don't worry about it. I've got my afternoon <laughs> There's a video. I'll show you the video. Fingers crossed. <laughs> oh, it's looking good. Oh, it's it. It's 97%. So I think you should show those bitches on TikTok. Because 97%. 97%. I feel like you need to tell him. Oh, Carlos. Carlos, if you're listening to this, <laughs> call me. Your European, um, trans-European love. Is that the highest you've ever had? Yes, I think it is. Oh, my I think God. It is. Um, Helen Zaltzman and Inspector Morse uh, was was around that, was 97. I'd have to check with my with my producer. And she's got less chance with him because he's... Uh, a fictional character. Fictional, okay, yeah, yeah great. Um, so this is his proper name and everything. And what's the lowest? Possibly what's, on the market. What's the lowest oh, score you had? In, in 11, maybe, <laughs> Who did that? I can't remember. I, I'll have to look, I'll look up. I'll send you the leaderboard. It's on the Substack. Oh my god! Right, well, that's really right. exciting. It's really exciting. Thank you so much for being a brilliant guest. Have a lovely Edinburgh. Thank you, Tati McLeod. Listening to Crushed by Margaret Caborn Smith, hosted by Margaret Caborn Smith and produced by Victoria Lloyd and Lindsay Fenner for Mighty Bunny Productions. If you can bear it, please like, subscribe, rate, and give us a nice review as it helps me feel better about my life choices. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.